to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. And this week, I'm so thrilled to have with me two very special ladies. First of all, I have Robin Swift, president of Servant Leadership Institute. Hi, Robin. Hi, Carol. Nice to be here. And we are thrilled to have Beth Voible with us. Beth is the CEO of HealthLink, which is a nonprofit, federally qualified healthcare center. They provide medical, dental, and behavioral health services to people of all ages, regardless of their ability to pay. And Beth is located back in Indiana. Um, Really a a wonderful service that your organization provides, Beth. And can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Certainly, and thanks for having me today. I'm really excited. It's our pleasure. Being with you two ladies. I love you all, um, and it's fun fun being here and sharing a little bit with you today. Um, so I am the CEO of HealthLink, like you said, um, but I've had kind of an interesting background. Um, my degree, um, when I got out of college, kind of a long time ago, was in mechanical engineering. Oh, and my goodness. I, I thought I was going to re-engineer engineer the world (laughs) I just didn't know it would be in healthcare, and so I started um, got out of school got married um, started working as an engineer for the local uh, electric and gas company called Nipsco and um, was there about nine months and all of a sudden they called us in we were working on uh, designing a new power plant and we all got called into the boss's office and they said, you guys are going to, you know, been engineering, now you're going to construct it. And I remember looking at him and the only thing that could come out of my mouth is, I don't know the first thing about construction. <laughs> and they <laughs> assured me I would learn and I did. And wow. so I went from a, you know, a, a nice suit every day to work to a jeans, a hard hat and work boots. Um, <laughs> so it was a, interesting I learned I did I learned Um, I also kind of that was my first mantra into being you know going where a lot of people haven't been and especially being a female um, there was a hundred guys in our department and there was two females Wow Um, so I got to learn about communication styles and, and dealing with different people back then even though I didn't really know I was doing it Um, So I spent uh, 22 years at the utility um, and progressively went up the the ladder, Um, got to do a lot of things um, that I never thought I would be, uh, turning around companies that were uh, losing money, um, working with the federal government on a big Department of Energy project, Um, lots of cool stuff, but at the end of the day, I was just very sad going to work and coming home Hmm. Um, I figured out I wasn't a fortune 500 um, girl Um, I like to um, I'm not going to say maybe I should say do my own thing but I like to see the out the end yes and and do it 
and and sometimes in fortune 500 companies that doesn't always isn't always allowable and in this one it was it was just out of the norm um so i was struggling with leaving Uh, my children were in see they were in first grade third grade and eighth grade at the time and something bad happened to me but it turned out you know I was trying to look at the bad things and see what the good things are Mm -hmm. Um, and um, I was an only child and my dad was diagnosed with terminal uh, lung and brain cancer and um, it was it was almost it was very sad but at the same time it made me think okay I don't have much time with my dad now I got to make a decision well again I think God intervened, and uh, we were going through a big merger. So two days after I found out that my dad um, was really probably had 18 months at at the long long end of things, Um, I went into work um, to check in, and they said, oh, we're uh, going to um, close down your division. Here's the list of jobs that you could do. And there were 10 things, of which I'd already done five. And... (laughs) I remember looking at them and go, what's my severance? Mm. And I said, they go, oh, you don't want to do that. And I go, what's my severance? And they said, 56 weeks of pay. And I said, wait, where do I sign? <laughs> um, and, and I did, I did. And, and that was the beginning of October. They made me work till the end of, um, the end of December, so the end of that year. Um, and then I got to, you know, during that time, I was taking some vacation. I was taking care of my dad. So at the beginning of the year, I could spend full time with dad. And he died um, the beginning of March of that year. Um, so I was just overly amazed that, you know, I had that time with him. Yes. Uh, it's something. And, and again, so um, got to spend the next couple months with my kids, which I had never been a stay-at-home mom. So mm-hmm. it was really interesting came time for school to come back and surprise (laughs) I had to become an adult (laughs) and my adult was to start working on my MBA and my one of my business law professors I'll never forget it was in October of that year said do you know anyone who wants to run a health center and I I knew she was kind of winking kind of thing and I go don't look at me I hate blood Um, and she said yeah, she goes, I'll grade your midterm if you just go down and look at the health center. And it was, at that point, HealthLink um, was this little um, free clinic. They had just accepted to take um, state funding, which meant they had to then really become a clinic, which took Medicaid mm-hmm. and Medicare, you know. And at that point, and then I researched it, and I found out that there's um, a lot of um, federal funds out there. So, make a long story short, I ended up getting the job. I applied for it, got it, and started working on our federal funding. Um, I, like I said, I had been used to a Department of Energy. I thought, oh, could there be any difference between Department of Energy and Health and Human Services? Oh, it was huge. But I learned it, and and I think I was able to bring some of the management skills that I had learned at that time, um, which to me, it's always hire people who are better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we worked out, you know, I worked that and we've been able to grow. It's just been, I've been here, um, 15 years and it's just, just a, amazing to see what the staff that I've been able to acquire and, and how good they are and how they've expanded. So we are actually in 10 different 
locations in northern Indiana. So one of ours is very close to Chicago, and the other one is more towards South Bend, where Notre Dame is. And we go down south. Um, so it's about six counties that we serve. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun um, to, to journey to build this building and, and, and company that um, I am from day to day, it just, I go, do we really do this? How do we do this? Because people ask me, I'm like, it's, it's just hiring the good people we, ha- we yeah. have been able to do. Yeah. Well, um, that's my story. <laughs> I, oh, no, you're, you've just begun, my dear. Anyway, um, I know that Robin has visited you, and she has some perspectives I think you'd like to, to share a little, Robin, don't you? Well, it's quite uh, quite an amazing story we just heard in a nutshell, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it just shows you to, um, you know, follow your hunches. And um, I heard something yesterday, always good to have a plan, but don't get stuck to the plan. And it certainly right. sounds like you, you did that, Beth, well by rethinking your thinking, as we say at the Institute, and uh, seizing the moment and, and look at what you've created. It's quite amazing. Um Art and I, our founder, Art Barter, and I had a chance to visit you earlier in the summer right. and tour the some of the health clinics, and both Art and I were struck by the number of patients that felt comfortable just coming up to you and saying hi, and you knew all their names, and it was just a very warm feeling, one that a servant leader uh, evokes um, with people so that they know that you care and um, that you know their names and a little bit about their stories. And it, was, it really struck us. We just sat there watching this going, wow, here's the CEO, Beth, who has an incredible busy plate every day in the world. And, and yet these people, you know, boots on the ground, as we say, uh, felt so comfortable with you. And I, I just thought that was a great takeaway for us all to remember the importance of just letting the people you interact with and that you lead that letting them know you care yeah yeah thank you for that and I have to admit I wasn't always that way I think you know you you've got to see that you know I used to and I didn't even know I was doing it in the past but staff started to feel comfortable saying you know you walk in here you never say hello to us mm. and again you know I was kind of like well I thought I did so I've had to really learn, um, and I think the more you practice, the better you get to be able to be welcoming and saying hello to people, you know, especially in the population that we deal with. Right. Um, sometimes that someone saying hello to them and showing they care is the only time they get that feeling, maybe for the day, for the week, mm-hmm. which is really, really sad. So mm-hmm. trying to do that um, has really... I've been really working hard. So thank you for the compliment, and yeah. <laughs> it reinforces my behavior. Yeah. <laughs> like well, I try to do with our staff when we do when they do good things. Yeah. You know, I, I think as leaders, a lot of times people think that, you know, it has to be some big grand gesture or initiative or whatever, you know, changes in policies and procedures, whatever. But really, when it comes down to people, it's those very basic things of acknowledging them um, that mean so much. And that's, those are really the things that stick with people. Um, we've seen the same thing uh, in our, um, de- our 
experiences with Daytron uh, Arts Other Company, where that just that saying hi to people is so very, very important. Well, Beth, you have a very compelling story of how you discovered servant leadership, <laughs> and specifically the Institute's uh, conferences that we do every year. Can you share that with our audience? Sure, because it is pretty funny. Because, again, um, I had um, received some comments from my board that I may not have been that most welcoming person at times. Mm -hmm. Um, They had done um, a, um, basically a 360 um, review, and some, even my direct reports and some of the other staff had said I wasn't that, you know, always that nice um and that i appear to be yelling at them although we've now found out that i get excited about things but it appears that i'm yelling so i have to say things like this is excited best so i they had always probably well i guess for about four years had put in money every year my contract for me to do some um self-development and you know at, at, at the time i didn't have the really good mindset and I kept thinking okay what could I do with that money I mean could we buy more flu shots Mm -hmm. or could we buy another A1C meter or something but then I realized that if I don't change if I didn't change and I didn't um, get some help um, it didn't matter how many A1C machines we had or flu shots um, this place might not grow so I decided, you know, I was going to go to a conference. So it was really funny. So at first I thought I'd love to hear John Maxwell talk. So I went to his website, and it said that he was going to be with Stephen Covey and <laughs> Ken Blanchard all together in San Diego in March. And and it was this great conference, and I looked, and I'm like, wow, it was affordable, too, Uh so I'm looking at that, and I think I even might have even called or emailed and go, is this like a webinar or something? Yeah, where, you I know, do they, remember you calling, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you go, no, they're live. And I'm thinking, wow, what an opportunity. And it was funny because there was a part of me that said, okay, I'm going to this by myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know anybody. But I thought, what an opportunity. So that's actually how I went the first year. Um, to the conference and I've been coming even the one that you did one year in Florida I said you know what I need this Um, I need to go to this and so that's how I got started wow that (laughs) and met you guys yeah I know you all such a great story but what's really compelling about that story is the essence of a servant leader starts with oneself and so that's what you were doing. It took the form of a conference in this case, so it can take many forms. Sometimes it's a book or you go to a workshop, but something plants a seed. But I will say once, you know, you were a duck to a wa- the water, as they say, once you heard it, you just really threw yourself self into it. And that has made a, a big difference. And maybe you can share with us some of the takeaways and what you've done to yeah. really, you know, how the conference has influenced you. Well, and I think, you know, um, to really look at the, the different steps and the serving first and building, you know, trust. We had been working on building trust here. And um, it was funny because um, this leads into what else has happened with us. Uh, they, you know, I was, I came back from every conference just really 
pumped up and I was sharing things and I'd share whatever presentations I could and, and things. And that year was our third year of our strategic plan. And when we had started the, the strategic plan, we, we work with a really neat consultant out of Chicago and um, I'll never forget the staff was around they go, so if we, it was a lofty three-year strategic plan and they said, if we make it, can we go to Disney? You know, kind of like the football and, you know, all the yeah, winners yeah. kind of thing. And, I'm, and, of course, I was being bad, and I looked at that and I go, there is no way that we're <laughs> going to do all this. So, of course, you can go to Disney. And I'm thinking, yeah, I won't have to worry about it. Well, that year <laughs> it became obvious that we're going to do anything. So I'm sitting there thinking, how do I tell the board, you know, and, 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 and I even looked at the, the Disney Institute to see if they had any health care, and they had – they have customer service, but they got rid of that. And I'm like, right. so I think it was when I came back from the uh, November conference. And so I said, I said, wow, it's just amazing. And they, I said, okay, so you can go to Disney or you could go to the Servant Leadership Institute conference. And they go, we want to go to the Servant Leadership Institute. Because <laughs> I thought, no way would I think they'd give up Disney. They give up Disney. We, bait, so we beat Disney, huh? Wow. That's um, hard to believe. I know. So, but they did. And so I think, you know, what I feel like I did is I brought myself up a level or two mm-hmm. um, and started the concept. So then I can be a servant leader and support them. So then they got to go. And so then they can take what their concepts that they learn and spread it to their managers. Mm-hmm. And I think if I think back, um, it was an investment, but it was a great investment because now we're all at that same level and an understanding so that we can grow together as a servant leader. And so that was really a, um, a, a, a cool turnaround, I think, for us. And um, even though they still every once in a while say Disney, and actually last week I got stuck at a conference, a non-conference got to, to Orlando last week, and the conference got canceled. So we, one of my employees and I got to spend three days at Disney together. Oh. Looking at customer <laughs> service. But, um, that, but I was really proud of them. And then last year, this, this year, they all wanted to go again. So um, they've been there two years now. And so um, I think that was pretty amazing. Yeah, oh, definitely. Absolutely. That's so great that you could share that with them. How do you think that servant leadership has affected the way you lead today, Beth? Yeah, it's funny. I, the Melissa, my COO that was with me last week, it kind of hit me. Um, I have to, to ask a lot of things now that I didn't ask before. So I had that kind of leadership. I mean, that's how I was raised in business at the time where I would tell everyone what to do. I realized that when I started saying, well, tell me what you think, mm-hmm. that that really started to turn people around. And, I, and again, I think it, it builds respect, it builds trust, um, and they feel worth that their, their ideas are really something that can, can help us and it does. So even though I have to really be careful every day not to, like, try to lead with an idea, um, and sometimes it's hard, I think we've moved a lot 
further as a community health center because I asked either the why or what do you think. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it takes a lot of practice. But when, they, when you ask them and you see that smile and you see that really cool idea come out that you were clueless about, then it's all worth it. Mm. It really is. Absolutely. Do you think, Beth, that's one of the main things you changed in your own leadership style? Or there, what was another contributor that really you feel yeah. helped? Um, the other, so yeah, that was one thing. And it, it got back to what we said. It was talking to people and make them feel, you know, that their life, whatever. I'll, I'll give you an, an example. Just yesterday, I was, over the weekend, I was, um, our community is building a new, it's called Tower Park. It's a um, they're, they've got some, and they've a high-level athletics that, in fact, they're still, uh, Jess Lamar just still plays baseball professionally. They, they mm -hmm. had a big uh, ribbon-cutting last Wednesday. So I was going through the paper looking at, at the summary of it on Sunday, and I noticed one of our care team nurses in um, our Valpo site. Her picture was there with her son. So I just sent, it took me, what, 30 seconds. I sent her an email, hey great picture uh jennifer of you and your son um to, in, in there i thought it was really neat you know back well mm -hmm. she sent me back an email today she says wow that was really nice of you to even to, to even see it and and send me an email and then she went on to tell me how for the last two years her kids have had um a lemonade stand they had a garage sale raising funds for this park wow if i if I had never taken that opportunity to, to just send that quick email, I would have never known that. Mm -hmm. right. And and now I feel like we have a different relationship. Um, and I'm hoping that and 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 she's a great nurse anyway. But uh, and if you know maybe that's what she'll do with one of her patients. Maybe I've modeled something, or she'll tell someone, "Well, look what Beth did," and then they'll think about that. Um, so it's been a, again, it, it, you have to be, uh, it's kind of that, well, think about your thinking. Think mm -hmm. about what I'm going to say when I'm thinking what, um, you know, I used to have a real negative outlook on people. I used to think about the, the really bad things. Now I think about when someone doesn't meet that goal, I think about, you know, are they in the right job? Do we train them correctly? Have they mm -hmm. communicated ex expectations? And those are things that I would have I would have just said they're lazy people. Um, but now I've really thought about it, and and when you do that, you find out a lot of interesting things, and you find out some things that we're not doing right either. That's a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We really we we really consider you Beth to be a servant leadership implementer. Well, and you. um, you're very welcome. And, you know, you've illustrated some things that you've changed in your leadership, but can you share with us a little bit more about um, what things you've put in place that you feel have affected the culture at HealthLink? Um, well, first of all, we did a, the last two years, we've really done a survey on what that culture is. I brought mm. someone in to find out. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I just want to 
like slip my wrist because I'm like, are you kidding? That's going on, and I really didn't know it. Right. And it may be little things. Um, we had one thing come up that okay, we built this really beautiful building in Valparaiso, and the paper towel holders were put on the wrong side of the sink. So every time they went to get a paper towel, <laughs> towel, um, it would like, as I said, bless the patient because the patient was sitting below the paper towel holder. Okay. Yes. Sounds stupid, but I didn't realize a year ago last Christmas the staff, the staff, the providers at that clinic had said to me, "What, you know, can we meet with you?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, the pay, the hours, mm-hmm. and that was the issue." And so our culture has been yeah. one of not sharing, but now as we've opened up and, and being a, feeling comfortable, it makes people, we get to, to fix some of those problems. I, yes, it costs some money, shame on us that we didn't fix it earlier, but in the meantime, they were thinking, oh, isn't this company really bad? They won't move the paper towel holders, and now I get water on the patient, you know, that kind of thing that came out. So trying to find out what are those you know, I use I like to use the word barriers. What are those pinch points that they have? So that was the first thing, and listening. Right. Um, and so people feel more comfortable coming to senior leadership now when things are wrong. Mm-hmm. Do we have a ways to go? Yes, we still have a long way to go. But being able to get that freedom, because some of these, probably most of the things that they're saying need to be fixed. But they felt in their mind they made a story that, oh, you know, they won't fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that just became this huge story in urban legend. So I think <laughs> that has been it. The other thing, you know, so, and I talk servant leadership with staff, and as you guys are aware, um, we made the decision this last year, um, every year um, for the last five years, we have had an all-staff meeting. I realize that um, we never, we're, we're pretty spread, spread out. So most people on this won't know how big Northwest Indiana is. Um, from one of our clinics, it's almost, of all 10, if you did a kind of a weird triangle, they're either at the po- points of the triangle or at in the middle. Um, but it can be 82 miles mm-hmm. away from each other, and we're in two different time zones. Oh, we're gosh. in that part of Indiana that's got yeah. two times. So it's really difficult to get everybody together. Mm-hmm. And we've tried, we were trying quarterly meetings by video conferencing, and it, I thought it was working until, and no one would tell me, um, until probably six years ago, I ended up being on the end of the video conferencing. I was out of town, I was doing it, and it was horrible. It was just horrible. <laughs> and so... I said, well, that's it. I said, we're going to come and we're going to present to everyone. So quarterly we go out and we meet with people. Uh-huh. But that still doesn't bring everybody together. Right. Um, so last, so we started this all-staff meeting, and, and it's, it's, it's grown. We've, we've had different speakers, but I really thought that this last year would be the time that we could bring you guys out. You know, we, we worked with you to, to talk about, in one of my favorite books, Farmer Abel, um, <laughs> and get everyone involved and understand. So again, I've brought the, the myself to understand, you know, servant leadership. We brought senior team. Now we're going to bring the rest 
of the staff. Mm, and I was amazed. I mean, we worked, we did it, you know, we had a plan. We sent out the books. We gave them some teasers. It was really good. And I even, I just felt that the culture, the atmosphere at that one was far different than the first one mm-hmm. that we ever had. So that tells me that we're growing. Yes. But it's a continuously, you really, I think ha- we've had to model um, and, and, and get people, staff being servant leaders, and then support them and, and make sure we compliment them um, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Well, Beth, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, I love to hear these stories that you have about you know, your whole journey with servant leadership. What do you think, tell me, what do you think makes a good leader? Um, and, and I struggle with, with this first one is, is being a really good listener. Hmm. Don't and we all. <laughs> I, I think, you know, my thought was I'm the leader, I need to lead, but lead all the time, but listening. And I think being able to be authentic. You know, I'm the first one. I, um, I, I take responsibility for mistakes that happen to the organization, even when they aren't mine. Mm-hmm. And because the bottom line is, it is mine. I mean, I'm, you know, with your, I, I'm at the bottom. I mean, with the servant leader, you know, that's the other thing is, you know, I'm the org chart flipped over, and I'm at the bottom. So when people make mistakes above us. It's my fault because either we haven't trained them, we haven't gotten them in the right seat, you know, there's something missing. Um, and sometimes we find we hired the wrong person for that for that position. Um, but we sure make sure we we work really hard to do it. So I think that the listening and being authentic and then really being introspective and realizing that as a leader I'm not perfect and that I need to learn as much if not more than my staff that reports to me is really crucial Mm. those are great um, qualities and a a great leader listening being authentic I like how you express you know find your pinch points and how important that is to really know things going on that could have a domino effect in a negative way and finding opportunities to bring people together like we got to witness through your conference and it was amazing. And I'll throw in another one that I know is a big part of your culture, Beth and you, and that's having fun. You guys are so much fun to be around and I think that's really critical uh, with all the stress of the world, don't you? I agree, I agree. And I, and I said, you know, one of the things I forgot to say is, and it goes with that is to really celebrate your successes. Mm. And you do have to be goofy sometimes. <laughs> and and when I think when staff sees you being goofy at times, um, when it's the right time, you know, it it really relaxes them and it, it connects you with them too. Um, the other, you know, an interesting and 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 I said something about you know making mistakes. So here's like one of my other favorite stories from that conference was um, we had. We were giving out um, um, like thank you gifts to the, the speakers. We had little you know breakout sessions, and so 
Um, to be honest, I had forgotten to bring the one in for the person that it was, oh, actually, it was both senators. So the both senators that came and talked are state senators. I had their gift. I forgot to give it to them. So I, was, I already had that. I thought, okay, I'll ship it. Well, all of a sudden, one of our dental um, assistants, who's great, came running up to me, and she had the gift for the person. She was a, a room monitor, and she, that was her job. And she goes, Beth, I am so sorry. I... Um, I um, forgot to give it. I, I, I didn't. She, the lady sneaked out. I even went to the front desk to see if she checked out. I feel so bad. I go, Michelle, it's okay. I did the same thing. <laughs> and she looked at me and she goes, you mean the CEO can make mistakes? I go, absolutely every day. <laughs> and stuff. And so now, to be honest with you, something happened about two weeks later. And she sent me an email um, and she goes, by the way, I got that person. Um, it was a, a little bit of a car accident. She was behind me and somebody else hit me. Um, she goes, I got his plate. I got all that. I got your back. I don't think we would have had that relationship mm. if I had, you know, first of all, you know, we'd had that opportunity to talk about how we both made mistakes. Right. But, I mean, she sent me this long email about don't you ever worry. You show me you got my back and I'll get yours. Well, how powerful is that? Oh, for That's sure. Amazing. It's that, you know, going back to that, building those relationships, and people will go absolutely go the extra mile for you because of the relationship you've built, not because you're, you know, this leader dictating to them and pounding them over the head with things. Exactly. and, and, and But that, to me, that was hard for me to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's not how I was kind of brought up in right. the Fortune 500 world. Um, so that's why I think it's fun being in a not-for-profit. Now, I, and I'm sure there are Fortune 500 companies that can run with it. I've seen some of them at your conferences. But this gives myself and senior team and the managers the opportunity to do it on our own yes. um, here and, and have a little bit less barriers to, to accomplish yeah, definitely. Well, Beth, just to, as we as we kind of uh, wind down today, what advice would you give a leader who's considering beginning a servant leadership journey? Yeah, I think the first thing is that you really need to be honest with yourself and take responsibility for those things that aren't making you a servant leader and really mm-hmm. being introspective and think through that first um, and work on yourself and then then you can be that support for your staff um, and work with the other people in your group to all be servant leaders and I think that's, that's the first step in my mind. That's the first step I had to do in my journey. I think the other thing is to celebrate those successes. Um, I, I keep a um, a success log so you know, oh great one, yeah so that when those bad days come <laughs> I can go back and think okay it's okay and um, I'm very I'm very anal in planning so actually it's I have an excel spreadsheet that I do every week that says here's the things my my big goals my big rocks and stuff and I have that there and I'm keeping a log for the year so that I can go back um, 
and, and celebrate at the end, but celebrate as I go through the year. So those are the things I think are really important. Um, and to find some kind of group, you know, whether it's the Servant Leadership Institute, you know, that's been my, my rock. Um, you know, there's other people out there that they might feel comfortable with, but this, this has really worked well for me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really good to hear that I, you know, there's nothing that makes us feel better than to know that we were able to connect with you and really, um, hopefully be there for you in some small way, uh, and help you with this journey. Cause you know, you're really out on the front line. You're, you're out there where the rubber meets the road, as they say, um, dealing with people and also dealing with very high-level strategic situations. Both You live in a world of both things, and um, that's really you know, who we are trying to reach. So, um, time has life just flown just by. Flown by. And uh, it's time for us to say farewell, but we want you to know how much we appreciate you, Beth. And, oh, thank uh, you. We really do look forward to seeing you at our next conference. And For sure. Can't wait. Yeah. It'll be great. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for sharing your takeaways with our audience. Um, they're, they're just, there's nothing like hearing from somebody really out there, do, the doing, the mm -hmm. doers. Um, and so thanks so much for your time. Um, I know um, you're also a huge Cub fan, so... Yeah. Uh, go Cubs and uh, your office. You. You've got the Cub seats right there, authentic, right? The real. Oh, for sure. The real deal. I've added a couple things. You guys will have to come and visit. Okay. Yeah. We love to. Well, thank you so much for being part of our community of servant leaders, Beth. Thanks so much, and we'll we'll say goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And for more information on the Servant Leadership Institute, visit us on our website. That's www.servantleadershipinstitute.com. And registration is now open for our 2018 Servant Leadership Conference titled Shift Into Drive. On stage, we have the pleasure of having presentations by our founder, Art Barter, as well as Mark Miller, VP of Training and Development for Chick-fil-A. Returning from last year, we have Vicki Clark and also Ken Blanchard with more speakers to be announced soon. The conference will be held at the Marriott Marquis in San Diego, California, February 19th and 20th, with a complimentary networking event, February 18th. And you can also subscribe now to receive our weekly tips by going onto our website. These are great short tips that are intended to challenge and motivate you while you are going through your servant leadership journey. And finally, we would love you to grab a copy of our latest publication, The Servant Leadership Journal, written by SLI founder and CEO, Art Barter. This is an 18-week journey to transform you and your organization, available now on our website and on amazon.com. Thank you for listening and allowing us to add value to your day.